Hello, ladies and gentlemen. I'm Phil Svitek, 360 Creative Coach. And yet again, if you've been uh, checking out my episodes, then you guys are familiar with James Lott Jr. and Flowboy Boyce. If you are not, well, they're here. And, uh, you know, they've been featured on a couple past episodes. And what we generally do, I, I, I love them because they're such creative minds um, in, in their own right. And, and also how to utilize that creativity to actually get stuff done, right? So not just create creative for the creative sake, but also accomplishing the thing. And I tell you what, I am on this crusade, I tell you, <laughs> of practical self-help. And so today's episode is, is, is just going to be about what that means, different perspectives, how you guys are applying it, um, and so forth. Because uh, let me provide, let me set the table, and then I promise for the most part, I'll kind of not talk as much. At the table. I want two forks and two spoons. That's right. Do it. Yeah. Big and small. Don't worry. Uh, Uh, Salad and dinner, sir. (laughs) Listen, this is a seven course meal, you know, (laughs) seven course meal. So, because I, you know, I I think when, uh, from my perspective, obviously, you know, people want to be successful, you know, rich and famous, right? And I don't assign negative or positive value to that. If that's what they want, great. But then they look to, uh, you know, people that they deem famous and successful and try to be them. And it's like, okay, you're, you're trying to fit like a triangle into a square or whatever the analogy you want to put. And it's like, cause you're not there yet. And so instead for me, you gotta, it has to fit your lifestyle, you know, all these things. And, and I think, you know, because the pendulum, you know, for so long, I mean, you can argue centuries upon centuries has been in the toxic space. You know, you know, we could think of workplace and just life in general, you know, guys not sharing their feelings and so forth, that the pendulum is swing towards the other end of like, well, self-care and things like that. And I have nothing against self-care, self-development, so forth. But I don't think we talk enough about how to actually apply it, because at the end of the day, as I see it, you can't just shut off from the world. Right. You still have to. You know, I've been in certain situations where someone calls me asking me for advice. And then 10 minutes into it, they're like, Oh, hold on. Um, I'm going to have to call you back because I, I'm I got to do my 30 minute yoga. And it's like, I don't got that time. Like I'm doing what I can right here, right now to help you. And I'm not even getting paid. Like, so go do your yoga. If that's your thing, fine. But I'm not going to be around after I'm not, I'm not, you know, call waiting or whatever the hell it is. So with all that said, first off, I would like to ask the question, Is the basis of my uh, thesis, you know, does it have validity or am I talking out my ass? And if I am, you can be honest, right? You know, why don't we, why don't we start with James? He seems the most animated. I'm going to start with me. Uh, Oh, cheese and crackers. Um, So everything, it was was an earful take in. Mm-hmm. Um, first of all, so I'm trying to trying to process it all. I'm a little older than the rest of you. Phil guys. hates yoga. Continue. <laughs> <laughs> um, so no goat yoga for you. No. Oh, okay. So <laughs> I would I would break. I, I need to break it down. No, I need to break it down. Um, it okay. So there's several things going on. One is, and you and I talk this, you talk this all the time. Your giving of your time and your advice. So that's one thing. What does that mean for you? Not to them, but what does that mean for you when you do give of your time and advice to other people? What does that do for you? That's that's one separate thing going on right there. Two, uh, who you're talking to. That's all I need to. It's like, who do you choose to give advice to and actually 
give a give a couple of dams for and say a few words. So that's another kind of tier what's going on there. Um, and then number three is so it's like so it's like your advice giving advice. What does that mean to you? What does that mean? Who you're talking to, and then it's kind of the, the third one is kind of like everything else that you were talking about. So it's like you have to kind of go there to before you can begin anything else. And I always feel like for me, I have given less advice now than I used to, um, and I'm very selective at who I actually give advice to now. That's something Phil always said I should do anyway. Uh, so I started doing that. I started doing that not because of Phil Sweetek. I'm James Law Jr. Do what I want, but it got on my nerves. It started to get on my nerves. So I was like, I, I got to change something. It's up to me to change. Now, everybody's going to be whoever they are. Everybody's going to come to you. People still call me every day for stuff. But I just now I'm just very selective in who, talk about practical self-help. Now I'm very selective where my energy goes now and who I give my energy to. Because um, if someone did that to me, the example you just gave, I would say, um, see, I'm, I would say point blank, well, that's very rude of you to do that. I'm talking to you about something. You know, or number one, when you ask my advice, you should have told me in the beginning, you may have to get off the phone in 30 minutes. Like this, I, you know, but then I have that tone like a father because I am. So I mean, I would get that tone and be like, now, you know, you did wrong. So let me correct you why you did wrong. That, that's my, that's my tone anyway. So I, I know that's where I come from. That's where I come from. But that's what I would say to somebody. But then also I have to keep in mind, who am I talking to? Do I know this person? A certain, is, this, is this how they are normally? Is this how they are? So then somehow I don't have to adjust myself. So there's, there's certain things that go into what you're talking about before you even get into the other stuff. It's more of kind of like funneling into the actual advice giving before you even address what had happened. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and, and listen, I think, um, yeah, there's definitely ways to internalize it and things like that. Um, but I think, as I see it, I definitely want to try to make the focus like, whatever like triggers I'm going to throw in as part of my whole thing the, you know um, I'm going to make the assumption that whoever's listening or watching to this um, wants to become better. And so giving them the tools and the techniques in that way. Right. So I think you're right. You know um, how, so I think as you're talking about it, how that message is received and, and, and furthermore, if they're the person, cause I mean, we all get hit up for feedback, you know, friends, family, colleagues, perhaps, and knowing how to apply that message. So I think that's that's a good way that you talked about. Well, you know, my thing is I've learned I'm off the hook. It's one of the things they teach you in, in life coach school. Like you're off the hook. You just, you, you're there to help. You give the tools and then you're like, see you later. Good luck. You know, it's up to you. I mean, I, of course I care, depending on the person, I may care a little more than the other person, but it's, it's you're right. It's up, to, it's up to them how they receive it. I can't do any, I can't make them receive it any way that I wish they could, right? For example, I had um, people are coming to me more and more now because they have scripts. Can you read my script? It's very Hollywood. Can you read my script? Blah, blah. So for some people, I'm choosing to say yes. For this person, yes, I will read your script. So I give you your advice, then I'm done. I give it to you. Hopefully you'll listen and it's up to you. And so I'm, I'm learning that and just like releasing it and going, there you go. Yeah. Yeah. And so, you know, what's fascinating to me, so for you, Flobo, you came out with a book recently. Yeah, graduation day. Yeah, that's right. And so I, I kind of look at that because it's it's a very reflective piece for you in terms of you know where you were versus where you are now. And so I think it's an interesting intersection of, yeah, I think you know part of it. The, the question could be, you know, what are the things that you have learned that are now benefiting you versus you know things that weren't. 
Yeah. Uh, when it comes to that, that sort of advice in your first example, a lot of times I've realized people that want advice don't want necessarily instructions. They, they want to be able to be motivated by what you say. And sometimes if you say that very valid suggestions, but it's not in a cadence they're looking for, they'll just wash over you and be like, ah, whatever, or hmm, thanks. And they don't do anything for it. Uh, so for me, when I wrote Graduation Day, and I always make fun of this, I tell this to James, I expected three people to read it because it was a memoir about the things I learned as an adult uh, and my experiences, knowing what I learned in, in a formal education environment and applying that to knowledge outside. I said, I didn't want to come up as preachy because I know if someone's not ready for that, it'll be like, oh, thanks for the book, whatever, bro. Um, but what I've, what I've noticed about that though, is that even though my story is very specific, there is a little bit of parallels with those that have tried something and failed or went on it off a leap or something they always wanted to do and went for. These were just universal themes. Yeah. Give us a specific, like let's, you know, give us a, give us yeah. one, give us a little taste of the book. Will you? You don't, yeah, have, to, sure. you don't have to read the whole thing to us, but come on. <laughs> they should available now at Amazon. No, I'm kidding. Uh, one of the things I wanted to do when I was a kid was I, I wanted to learn how to ride a motorcycle. That was something I wanted to do for a long time. Uh, my mom, she was a nurse in the Caribbean. She says, don't do that because we, I saw what happened because that now road, they drive on the side of the road. They call it the Honda Ward. And uh, one time I went for it. I was like 19, 20 years old. I think I was 20 years old in the book. Uh, and I went and I rode it. Long story short, I, I endowed over it and I got injured. I got road rash in my legs and I failed basically. And the, the thing you learn as a kid or younger is at first you don't succeed, try, try again. And ultimately that's true, but they don't tell you about situations where it totally like just changes your perspective on what failure is and you finding a new way, a pivot then to go ahead and do it and try it again. So like my attempt one to my attempt two was like 12 years. You know what I mean? I think that's something that it's important to say, hey, look, it's okay to circle back. It's okay to say, all right, it's on the back burner, but don't give up on it. Try it again eventually. Don't let that become, don't let it be ruled by fear. So that's why I think that that particular story meant a lot to me as the author. But that's really a story that people people look at at face value when they read it. They go, ah, it's pretty funny. But like, it meant a lot to me to be like, hey, I got it done. I got the, the endorsement on my license. I don't own a bike, which means I don't even actively ride, but I did it. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah, no, it's interesting. And I think, you know, I mean, if anything, I, I think it'll be interesting, the personal stories that come out of this, because like, for me, I'm thinking, there's this, uh, the notion of balance, I think it's brought up a lot, right. And it's like, to me, balance is, is more of a, more of a feeling thing and an overall thing versus like breaking down your day of like, okay, you know, did I do uh, two hours of meditation today? Did I do get enough sleep today? You know, did I spend enough time with my kids today? Did I go to work? And it's like, you're not going to always be able to fit all those things in a single day, but maybe on the week and so forth. Like you got to look at, I think we don't look at the greater picture all the time because, you know, me going into my second movie in Columbia, like the, if, if I just looked at that two week period that we're going to be filming this thing, balance is out the window. You know, there's no time for meditation for me. There's no time for, uh, you know, there's going to be a little bit of lack of sleep. There's going to be, you know, everything's going to be going into this movie. But in the end, it's only for a two week period as opposed to the longevity of my life. And so I think um, I'm curious to know how you guys perceive a balance because I, I look at it more of a totality thing versus like just a, you know, a slice of a day. So we'll go to, we'll start with Jane. We'll keep the same rotation. 
because I'm older. That's what it is. Um, yes, it is exactly what it was. Yeah, it's like it's like it's age before beauty, right? He's a pretty one. I'm the older one. I get it. Um, you know. Um, no, I um. So for me, I trust everybody. A friend of ours, Leslie Cologne, mentioned. I told her this a long time ago. There is no balance. Let's just think of balance. I don't believe in balance. I just don't. Um. So for me, what that means is structuring and flexibility. Those are two things I carry with me every single day. Uh, I had to do something today, just before we came on, I, you know, I, I do a lot of audio dramas and sometimes scheduling them is like hurting cats. So I, so I had to bend something and Flo, and Flo's been through this before. I just rewrote mm-hmm. two scripts just now and I'm restructuring so that it actually works. And now it's coming together where it's gonna work. But that's because of flexibility. That's also because of big picture. So um, so I'm a big picture person. I'm always a big picture person. Very big picture person. I just, as far as the eye can see. <laughs> um, that's why I was a great manager at in retail. That's why I was great in food service. That's why I was great in corporate world. I always think about every piece that's in the, you know, every piece of the car, all the cogs and the wheel. Everything. I, I think of everything because that's just how I am. I think very broad because um, I, I know they all play a part even in what I'm doing. It all has a ripple effect even what I'm doing. So I'm already thinking, well, I have another show to do that I want to start uh, in another week or so. So if I if I don't get this taken care of now, that's going to bleed into that. And then that means that actor won't be available for this, and he won't be available for that. And I got, you know, I'm an organizer also. I got two shows, two gigs next week. Like, I think of everything. and But it's not about balancing to me. It's just about figuring it out and making sure that can I make it structured so that it works for me? And mm-hmm. works for others, um, and and that's basically what I kind of how I look at that. I just I just I'm a huge big I love love big picture, but it's like it just there's no balance. I don't. Then of course I got family. I have aging parents. I have kids and grandkids. I have my friend is texting me about this wedding I'm, I'm officiating at the end of the month, um, next month, um, and I'm like, let me alone. I tell you what to do it. Let me alone. Um, but he's but he's freaking out because he has his own stuff. So he's freaking out his own self. So like there's all this stuff going on. I just wake up every day. I have he, I have like whiteboards with things on them. I got books with things written on them. I'm always making schedules and making notes and having things. So just every day, I just handle it. And yeah. that's kind of how I, I walk through life. And, you know, when I said at our former place that we all were at, uh, <laughs> I was doing 10,000 shows, as you know, I just had all organized. I had all organized. I just had it all. It's just, it just structured. It's all about structure and flexibility for me. Well, it's interesting that you say that and um, definitely want to kind of go back to that a little bit later, but for, I want to, I do want to go to Flobo, but the idea that flexibility and structure are not diametrically opposed. They work actually in unison as opposed to, yeah, no, I'm just free flowing, man. It's all good. You know, versus like just being this militant structure guy and God forbid, you know, all of a sudden, okay, you've got, you've you got the six year plan. Boom. Pandemic hits. Now what mother fucker? I'll tell you, I'll tell you, I'll tell you something. Um, Flobo, wrong person. Well, tell me. I'll tell you, I'll tell you too, but Phil, Phil Speedtech. Um, the other day, my power went out. I had a thing set up. We're all going to, I got all the actors together. We're going to get there. My power went out. Well, I can't do SHIT when I have no power. And so, but I had to be flexible about that and go, okay, well, it could happen now. Let's figure out what, but because my schedule was structured a certain way, I could plug in, okay, well, I'm free this time. We made it work. Actually, we recorded it the other night or whatever. But it's one of those things that sometimes, or I had plumbing issues. And I'm like, I can't do a show right now. Can we do it later today? Yeah. You know, because I was structured, set up. But the flexibility part is 
if it was so, if I was inflexible, then I couldn't move it around. Yeah. That's the thing. It's like this. Like, well, no. Every every I have friends who go on trips. Oh, I'm like, no, I can't go with you. Where the itinerary is so, it's like ten minutes. You can take a dump. Uh, everything is everything is structured to the minutes. And you're like, well, what if something? What if you go somewhere and you have so much fun you don't want to leave in twenty minutes? Well, we can't because they'll throw everything else off, and we have a reservation. I'm like. I, I just, I'm not a fan of that. And you know, I'm an organized, I'm, a, I'm a super organized, I'm an organized person, but I love flexibility. I think there's a place for it when it comes to structure and organization. Awesome. Yeah, no, I, I absolutely love that. Lobo. Kind of in the same boat. Uh, I don't think there's a balance either. I, I like to think of my days as, because I'm visual in that way, like pie charts. You know, you get the same amount of hours and some days can have more fitness focus. You could do more admin stuff. You could do more uh, look for structured jobs, but ultimately it it has a balance over time. You take a a step back and look at your calendar month. You go, okay, I I worked out four days a week because the time wasn't there. I got, but I got this project done because frankly, how do you fit in a novel? into a normal day. I'm not a professional writer in that way. I'm not like a writer like Stephen King, right? All I do is that. I mean, to be I fair, do I don't know day. any writers that fit in a novel in a day either. You know, I woke up this morning and I wrote it. Yeah, he probably did, print. man. He has like so many like uh, pseudonyms or whatever. But, but you know what I'm saying? But like the James is saying, like there is a structure in that I get up around 6.20 every morning. I go to bed at midnight every night. That's the structure. And my lunch is between 11 and 1. Um, and I try to do my morning run in there, but everything else, you got to give yourself a little bit of flexibility. We do a show and after the show, a guest wants to talk. Yeah. You could, you got to put that in there because human relationships and connections is as important as, as getting things done sometimes. So yeah, you got to give yourself a little bit of leeway as well, but I'm a pie chart guy. That's why I look at things. I go, Hey, today is Thursday. It's content heavy. I'm not going to do as much working out or laundry, but I know my content production's up for today. Yeah, and I think I think the, but the part of it is, uh, if anything that I think screws this up, as as far as I see it, is that people look at productivity of maximizing each thing, and I don't think they value enough play, right? So when you talk about for you, Flobo, having you know time after an interview with a guest, it's like, well, just put that in, right? Just like put like that. I have an hour to just chat with the guest, and you can literally just tap two minutes and be like, all right, bye, we're done here, and then have the next fifty-eight minutes to do jack shit right and it's like why is that you know why is that a wrong thing or you know it in terms of that flexibility it's like accounted for that if if something went wrong now you have that time but i think part of the weird thing is in this balance that we we try to maximize every minute because we've been drilled down productivity is like the goal that we don't take that step back of like it's okay to have blank spots well you know phil the problem also is is if you're a creative which you know i consider myself a creative so I need that free space and flexibility to create, yeah. uh, which part of that means living life. So I actually have material to write songs or write stories um, or write books. Um, that also means to have the time to write a book or write a song or write a poem. <laughs> but you know what I mean? Like it's a, <laughs> but you know what I mean? It's one of those things where it's like, I'm a creative. So I'm also a person who, I don't want, I think with both sides of my brain. So I, I'm, I'm also very, I can be very analytical on that too, but also I got, I got to have enough flexibility to go, you know, the sky is blue today and I want to, I want to stare at it for an hour or two in my garden and then write about it maybe for 20 minutes. I mean, like I, I need to have that in there too, in the middle of this kind of structured day. I'd say I took a nap. I took, a, I took an hour and a half nap folks this today. I just was like, 
you know, James Hutchins is tired and he's going to lay down. But but I worked hard from 6.30 to about 1. I did 20, you know me, I did 20, 100 things. And I said, see you later, everybody. And I went and laid down. And then I'm now back up and I'm talking. And after this, I have another show after this. I mean, like, it's just, it's, I don't know. I mean, this is, you have to be flexible. You have to have flexibility. You have to. Yeah. And to, to that point, it's like, uh, unless there was something like truly urgent and pressing, it's like, there has to be, you have to be okay with kind of letting things kind of be it's like whoever needed you during that hour and a half they will survive for the most part and you and when they connect with you if they needed to after that hour and a half they will get a better version of you so it helps them well you know back to your practical self-help thing about the beginning i come first yeah. i just i just it, it took me years <laughs> uh, i come first bitches no, it took me a long time to get there, really, because I'm a very, I'm a very helpful person. I, as you guys, I like to help everybody and be there if I can. Like, seriously, my phone rings all day long, everything was all the time. But I, but for me, I had to realize. And I think after having the Bell's palsy for years ago, that's one of the things that taught me that um, I got to care of my health. And almost like Flo said, you can get those, go for, ask, go for a walk, or be in my garden, and you know, my gardening helps with dexterity and brain and all that stuff. It's like I have to, I have to add myself in there and go you know what that person for now those people can wait till i get back you're right flail i don't think just wait till i get back it's not gonna i'm not gonna not gonna shrivel up and, and become dust nothing's gonna happen to them beforehand my and you're right my advice might be better okay it might be worse i don't know who knows but it might be better i mean know, or they might realize you know half the time they realize like they can figure out on their own it's the best right. you can give them right you know like you don't need to come to me every time yeah but you know, but the thing, thing Phil, about that though, sometimes I understand people. We're kind of we're kind of herd animals, right? So we have a tendency to want to get next to another animal and just feel like, am I okay? Like, am I okay? Like, so sometimes they'll come to somebody and bounce an idea off. And like folks said earlier, they don't really want the answer or instruction. They just want someone to go, "You're actually on the right track," or "That sounds decent," or whatever. It just makes them feel better, I guess. I don't know. I think it's, I feel like I'm getting a lot of those more and more, um, where it's very much that just, I just want to be next to somebody and go, is that true? Is that okay? Am I, am I crazy? You know, I might, you know, whatever. And they feel better. So I think that's, that's part of it too, I think. But a lot of times you're right. They can figure it out themselves for the most part, even if they don't answer back. Yeah. Flo, what about you? You take a nap today? Uh, I did not. That's not the question. I did not. not But I I do do that regularly. (laughs) (laughs) they say you'll live longer i'm actually 102 look how good i look what well goodbye everybody i'm gonna take that right now (laughs) (laughs) um no but um the 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 core of the question right the the idea um i don't even know what the original question was (laughs) you don't know i don't know um (laughs) no uh okay uh this 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 idea of actually all right let, let's pivot we'll pivot right because I, I truly forget flexibility see there you go flexibility flexibility, <laughs> flexibility indeed um and so this time we'll kind of uh throw the circle back uh, we'll go flobo first the idea that um you know accomplishing everything and so forth it can sound like you know the way james was describing it uh I, can sound nerve wracking to some people, right? It's like, wait, you know, that's, that's, that's a lot of pressure and things like that. And for me, the way I always like to look at it is I don't look at it as a list of anything. I just know, okay, if I've allotted time for X, Y, and Z, or I know this is the thing it's, it's about having a presence of mind. So like 
it's not that the project I was working on that might be um, whatever that that might be like let's say your book right it's a long term project um, and of course that's like your overall in your pie chart big priority right. but when you're at a wedding gig the book is no longer the priority the wedding right. gig is the priority right? right and so you know for me I always the the priority flips right based on where I'm at. And, and that's what keeps me present in that moment. So I'm not overwhelmed because I've allotted the time, uh, pardon the pun, James Lott Jr., um, to, to, to have that, uh, to have those priorities. I like puns. Uh, but you know, so, so how do you sort of look at that in terms of, you know, prioritization and, you know, having a, you know, staying in the present moment as much as one can, right? Yeah. So they always say the best CEOs on the planet don't do to-do lists because they can be very detrimental. They actually schedule time in their calendars to do so. So on a ideal situation, the ideal track, if I have a gig, that's in my calendar, right? That that's mm-hmm. I can't do anything because I'm being I'm being loaned out by clients, you know. Um, and there's certain things I have are pretty much firm. Like I do certain shows <coughs> at certain times of day, or if I was a religious person, I would say my mass is on this certain day or whatever. Um, so those are things. But as far as being present in mind when doing things, I use the clock to my advantage. See, there's a thing about gamification. I'm sure you know about it, about making things a challenge or fun or a game. Uh, when I'm in the mornings and I have my small my small tasks, like writing emails or calling the moms or, or making sure I do my stretches for my knee exercises because I was in physical therapy, I call that a power hour, stack them together, put a 10-hour tire on my clock, turn everything off, don't do that. Or during the afternoon, if I have to do that email, I don't want to write. Or I have to write that first chapter for JLJ Media script. I'm like, oh, I can't write this. This is too much work. I say, hey, I do. if I do these three things, I will go out for that walk. I will take myself out to lunch. And so that helps me power through because I'm only human. I can't come with motivation from absolutely anywhere all the time. And so I use those tips and tricks in between those. But as far as like the, the big like wedding gigs or if I am, I'm, I'm delivering things, like it, it definitely is a priority because Hey, they're paying me too. So why not? Yeah. Yeah. I think, I think people, un, um, I forget who the writer was, but they asked him, you know, do you write only when you're inspired or do you have a set schedule? He's like, well, luckily I, uh, I only write when I'm inspired to do so, but luckily inspiration always hits at nine in the morning, mm-hmm. you know? And so I, again, I, I think the theme that's coming up is these, um, these things that we look at as polar opposites are actually in tandem, right? You look at creativity and structure. Um, yeah, they work, you know, and to only write when you're inspired, it's never going to work. Um, so having those kind of set things and then having wiggle room around it is to me what it sounds like. Uh, well, for my, my opinion, I cut, cut you off there, James, like if you write, if you do anything when you're inspired, that means it's a hobby. Right. I think what makes you professionals when you say, look, I'm going to put time to this, whether I do or not. So for me, I play video games as a hobby. Hey, I have some time extra today. I want to play some video games. It's okay. But I can't say that. Well, I'm I'm thinking about making some content today. I'm not feeling it. Well, everyone knows that Monday at 10 o'clock is a show I do. Everyone knows that Thursday at one o'clock is a show I do. And there's times I tough it out because it's something I'm I'm working towards a goal there. Let me ask you this. Uh, so we'll, we'll throw it to James on this one um, since we're going back and forth. I like to think of things. I like to simplify the crap out of them. And, you know, you can look at minimalism, essentialism, all that, like just keep it simple. And there's this notion, like make one decision that eliminates thousands. And 
people, when I explain this to people, it doesn't quite resonate, but the idea that like, hey, choose, if you're going to be a YouTuber or whatever the term is that you want, content creator, make that choice. And then you've made that choice. Just no different than like, if I was going to go to the gym, all right, I'm going to go to the gym. It's not, am I going to go to the gym today? It's like, I've, I've already made the decision. So on the day, I have no choice. And that might sound restricting, but it's like it eliminates all those thousands of daily decisions. And uh, I'm curious, like, does that does that resonate with you, James? Does that do you think that's possible? Or like like most people, they look at me like I have I have six heads, and they're like, "What the hell are you talking about?" <laughs> we have like three heads. Um, no, I know it's no for me. Uh, wait, no, it's actually yeah, it resonates somewhat. Yes, but see, for me, I, I'm I'm a crazy person because I since I was a child, apparently. I was always a very self-motivated child um, and very self-determined child um, that when I focused on something, I just did it. I mean, I'm like, screw everybody else. I don't care what's going on in the world. I'm swatting away flies, whatever. I'm like very, I can be very tunnel vision. And I, I'm like, I'm going to complete this. I'm going to go do this. So that's carried with me as, a, as an adult. Um, and it's carried with me now that I'm an entrepreneur. I've been an entrepreneur 13 years almost. Um, so this is really, I mean, I have two companies, not just one, but two, and they're running concurrently. So I, that's just, I've always been everything big. I've always been a big personality, big thinker, big picture. It's just, I've just, I, that's me. Um, so I don't know if I'm a good example. I'm, I'm an example of someone who's very determined to complete projects, but I don't bend over backwards or kill myself to complete them. If that makes any sense. I just know I'm going to complete them. When I say I have a book coming out, the book's going to come out. So that means at some point in between me saying a book's going to come out and the book comes out, in that span, I figure it out. Now That makes sense. I just, it's again, it's the flexibility structure thing comes in. I just, I just, I'm so determined that I want a song to get out. I'm going to do this song. Or I'm going to do this audio drama. Or I'm going to do this interview. I want a certain guest on the show. I'm going to get that guest and we're going to do that. I mean, like, I just, I've always been that way. So for people out there listening or watching this, I don't, there's probably folks that are like that too. Like me, are just like, I just know that I've chosen to go to take your thing, film to be an entrepreneur. I've chosen to be an entertainment field. I've chosen to be an organizer. And I, there's just things that I want to accomplish and things I want to do every day, week, whatever. I don't do to-do lists. So I flow was right about that, but I have lists of things that I just write down a word and I just write down a word and I just, and I just, and I handle them when I handle them. I don't, I don't, I don't have an actual list. Like today I'm doing these five things. I just, I write down things almost because as you get a little older, I'm brain dumping things a lot. So I'm trying to write things down just to remind me, oh yeah, I would get that done. And then as to your points earlier, then I'll sit down and I'll write that book. I mean, I'll write that chapter, right? I'll sit there and write it until I'm done. And yeah. I'm just, they go, oh, I'm done. Great. Next, I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm an assembly line person. I have a machine going. I'm a hamster wheel person. I'm on the hamster wheel, kids. I'm just like, I got things. I got that. I'm next. I have time for anything else. I'm going next. I just, I'm just, I'm like, I'm shooting out, just shooting out content out of my, out of my ass, apparently. That's all, that's all I do all the time. I mean, I, I put out, what, up to six, seven things a day. I mean, that's just right. I don't know how I do it either sometimes, but I do, I, I just, I'm very determined. Well, I, I think part of it, you know, as, I, as I'm hearing it, I think what, 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 the thing is, rather than spend your time and energy on like, um, do I want to do this or that today? Um, how do I feel about doing this or that today? 
your mind become you've made the decision, right? That one decision. So now the thousands of decisions of every day, you know, dealing with stuff, that energy is spent on, okay, how do I make that happen? What do I want to make happen? You know? Um, and 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 that sort of thing. And it's I great, think it's very simple for me, Phil. Like you said, keep it simple. I get simple too. I'm living uncomplicated. And for me, it's I made the decision already. So I'm, yeah. I'm, I want to write this. So, okay, well, I'm going to sit down and write it. I mean, I just, I just, I don't know. I don't have, I don't have existential problem. I don't think, I don't, I'm not thinking about nothing. I'm just like, I don't have these long thoughts about, well, you know, if I did it today, I don't know if I'll get done. What if nobody, nobody likes it? I don't care. I'm just like, I want to do it for me because I want to do it. I have this story to tell. I want to get it out. I have to get it out. Yeah. That's all I think about. Literally, that's all I was talking about. And then I just said, I just know that it won't get done unless I do it. And also, too, I think, you know, with and I mean this in the in the spirit of which is intended, like you also know that at the end of the day, uh, it's much better to do something in spite of any imperfections versus not doing anything at all. You know, it's like that age old thing. The only way you're going to be perfect is if you don't do anything. So congratulations, right. you know. Um, and I think that that's where like most people, like it, it becomes this mental block where they just prevent themselves, you know, from, from doing it. But Flobo, well, uh, yeah, go ahead. Cause yeah, I, yeah. My, my experience is it's a little different cause I struggled with my weight for a long time in my life. And, uh, you know, people always ask, how'd you do it? Right. What, what special pill there, there is a special pill, just, you know, work out, eat less. It's kind of what it is the end. Right. But, but for me, uh, the day-to-day commitment to anything, and this is what I apply to anything I, I do, is um, you look at the most hardened criminals on the planet, or at least in this country, because we're a little different prison system. The most hardened criminals <laughs> in the United States. Uh, and, and they could be in solitary for 23 hours. But what happens in that 24th hour? And is no matter how bad you are, you get an hour for exercise. You get an hour to yourself. You get an hour to do anything. So when I first started doing things my first project was myself and i said well i don't feel like working out today but criminals get an hour why not me and so when i come to a book and i go man i have work for nine hours today and i gotta go and, and pick up things dinner for my girlfriend and i gotta go call my mom what's my nine ninety minutes what's my hour for me and so you're right the first projects were terrible but i had the satisfaction of saying I did it because it was on my hour. Now, after t- over time, like, no, I can do it better and better and better to become that guy. But at first, it was kind of like, I'm going to use Flobito's time because that's the only time I'm not working for the man, but working for somebody else or making sure someone's happy, you know? Man. I, I always feel like everywhere you, where you are is a marker in your life. Um, my first audio drama, first episode, is that the same as the ones I just put out yesterday? Like they're very. I mean, I've learned things along the way. I know. I know. I know audio levels. I know little tricks and tips that I didn't know before. Like it's just, and the first book is probably not as good as the latest book I put out. You know, I mean, like it's completely. But they're all like they're markers of where you were, and I kind of like that. I kind of. It's good to go back and laugh. And go, oh, I have like ten typos I didn't catch. Oh my god! Like, <laughs> my first, my first radio show I did a super organized show with James Lachey was still out there now. Um, so over six years ago, my first episode, I said so 10,000 times. I wanted to just take the word, throw out the English language, never say it ever again. But I learned not to do that anymore. But I'm saying, but that was my first time. So I can actually laugh about it and go, yeah. But you know what? I had a show on the radio. And then that's, that's where the flow of satisfaction comes from. Where you're like, but you don't have one, but I do. I did it. 
I, I, I realized a dream. A dream was realized. So whether I said so 900,000 times, you know, it doesn't matter. At least I overcame something and accomplished it. Like, I agree with football on that one, too. So I get what you're saying. Yes. <laughs> so I, I'm glad uh, you caught it. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, I always love making James laugh. That's my problem. <laughs> <of this. laughs> I love it. I love it. You know, and, and, and that's the other thing. So I think we've talked about this, but I think it's worth mentioning again, just the idea we, 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 we so often just think of things as binary because to me, quantity creates quality, you know, yes. and, yeah. and I could point, I could point this, I could point to William Shakespeare and be like, listen, yeah. Guy wrote some great plays. I can also show you some that you've never read that you'd be like, wait, William Shakespeare wrote this crap? This is, this is garbage, right? So it's through the act of doing it that we progress and, and you know the stuff that's meant to survive that is truly great and resonates, it will survive. But you don't get there without that, you know? Yeah, so for every great, you know, I, I think a prince, because they've been releasing a lot of his unreleased material, the vaults, his material, so for every, you know, let's go crazy or I want to be your lover or sign of the times, there's this song you're like, I see why they didn't release it. Yeah. You, know, and, you know, he's still Prince, he's still a genius. And it's still, even if some of his not so great songs, still better, but oh, it's great songs. But it's like, you get like, not everyone's a winner. Uh, not, everyone, not everyone's going to be of that status. Uh, you know, Musicality is a great song. And this song's a great song, but there's other songs you put out. There's, like, there's other songs you put out that just weren't good. And that's why he didn't put them out, folks. I mean, it's like, that's kind of the point to your thing, Phil, is that sometimes you just, you just create. I never censor myself. I, I have songs I've never released. I have books I've never released. I have things that sit in the vaults. I just don't, I just like, eh, I don't know about that. And maybe one day it'll come out. But I just feel like, still do it. Still come go through the motion and complete it. And then move on to the next thing. You may learn something from that particular thing that will help you and inform your next project. That's the great part. And, and from a practical self-help thing, like let's take, let's take a five-year period, right? Um, and so, you know, within that five-year period, you want, to, you want to be a novelist, right? So you want to write books. Okay, I've got to write the perfect book, but you keep pausing yourself, right? And by the end of it, you barely write that one book and it's not even that great. Or, or conversely, now, in that five-year period, if you just don't censor yourself, like what you're talking about, now you've written, let's say, five books. Three of them are garbage, but the net profit is two great books. That, to right. me, is practical self. Like, just do it. Right. You know? Like, stop overcomplicating it. I agree with you to a point. I, I think you're up. You're saying is absolutely true. And, and there is a, and, and please, if I'm ruining the whole thesis, cut this part out. But, but <laughs> if I'm torpedoing the show. Listen, I like the opposition, you know, like I, 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 I want to know where my blind spots are. No, I agree with you. I think there, there is something about doing it and doing, and doing it well. No, and doing it, and, and doing it often enough. Because <laughs> you get to, to sharpen your skills. But uh, because we are living, uh, because the United States has always been about working and we always put our self-worth to our profession. That's why we go to a show and go, hey, what do you do? Because for the long, my dad's generation, guys define who they were by what they did for a living. Now there's also the pressure to monetize hobbies as quickly as possible. 
So now there is the fear of not being good. Plus, man, this thing has to be done so I can sell it. I have to start a t-shirt company. My book has to be great because who's going to buy it if it sucks? And I really think there is something called giving yourself to the material or giving yourself to the craft where you go, you know what? I don't care if everyone buys it. So back to my, my writing, when I came up with By the Ounce and Other Tales, my first ever book, it was a thrill of writing it. I wrote a book. Great. But when Mass Transit, The Indelible Silver Streak, and Pay the Vig came out, and even High Desert Run, the, the sales were so bad, I thought I was a failure. And I was a critical failure too, but my mom didn't like the last one either. And so for like five years, I didn't even want to touch a book. And, it, and during this pandemic, it was only like, I'm going to write something. I don't care if anyone buys it, is what came with graduation day. Because if I sat and wait for the next big thing to get the most downloads and the most sales, I would have paralyzed myself. See? So, okay. But um, so I guess not to be a dick, I just, I, I, what, is dick. The distinct, what is the distinction between what? Wait. So there is a rush, there's a rush for perfection. And that palette people from even, from even doing it. But then after it's completed, there's a push to get it monetized as quick as possible. Instead of saying, I wrote something. I'm, this is my first thing. What do you think? It's like, can I sell it? Would you buy it? Support me now. My first episode of my podcast, download and share today. Like, instead of being like, is it good? Can I work on it better? Can I listen it back? Is there a small internal network I can talk to someone about it? You know what I'm saying? I think, I think there are similar, but they're very distinct. I think you're uh, yes anding me as opposed to opposing me. Okay, as long as I said torpedo the show, <laughs> torpedo the show. I, 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 could, yeah. I don't know because I, I mean, unless I'm I, unless I'm not interpreting what you're saying correctly. No, I it's, think, it's I think, yes in. Yeah, I think I think that's. <laughs> well, I'm going to jump in because I think you know I, I may yes and I don't know or so you I don't know or however <laughs> comma you I don't know what's, what's I'm going to do. Um, no, but for me because because I came. To this part of business, so life, I feel, well, at Hollywood standards later in my life, I was in my 40s, um, I came in with no expectations. I came, you know me, I came in, when I came after a CV, I was like this bouncy baby boy, just like smiling, like, sure, I love life. Let's, well, I'll, I'll try this show, and I'll do this show, and oh my God, I love you all. Because I really was feeling that way. I was feeling like, I have the privilege to do this at this age. I, I come from a whole other world. I raised children. I came from this other world, in the corporate world, everything, where I was just like, this is fun. Like, so the word perfection, I've taken out of my um, vocabulary. I say it all the time. I practice the word perfect perfection. It's gone because I just realized there isn't any, you can't raise a perfect child. You can't have the perfect house. It's just, that's just, there's just no such thing. So for me, I approached the last 13, 12, 13 years of my life. I approached everything almost like a wide eyed child, but also a little cut off from the rest of you guys in a sense, because I feel like, I'm not competing with anybody because everyone's younger than I am. And I feel what Flo was saying. Everything he's saying, I think it's true. There, that, that whole, everybody's trying to swim through the make money, make money, make me hot, be hot, get voted, get. I'm like, I am fat, I am old, I'm black, I'm this and that. I don't even worry. I'm not, I'm not even competing. I don't even care. So when I put something out, everybody's amazed. They're like, wow, you're 60 years old, James. You put out a book. Like they're so excited. So for me, it's a whole different experience. To be, to be quite honest, for me, it's like you're still doing this, and you're in your 80s. Like they think they think I'm like 200 years old. So like so for me, it's a, it's almost like great. They're like, wow, James is doing. It. So people kind of look up to me in a way that they're like, they do. It's like I have cancer, so it's like, wow, you're 52. You put out a song. I'm like, no, you're 52. Songs all time. Shit. But I mean, I think it's. But for me, it's worked out for me and myself care and awareness that 
I'm not competing with anybody. I don't, I don't have any of those fears. Everybody who's below below me in age, not below me in whatever, below me in age. Below I'm, me in stature. Yeah, Jamal, <laughs> below me in stature, you know. No, below me in age, I'm hearing everything flows I'm hearing all of that. So I know that to be true. For me, I'm not compete. I have nobody to compete with. To me, I, I just don't. I don't feel like I'm, I'm not trying to be the hottest thing. I'm trying to be, it doesn't matter because I'm already deemed a certain thing already in just main society that actually works for me. So Phil, I can just I can just do whatever I want. And it's done. It's like a great thing. You're like, oh, at, at 52 years old, James Lodge Jr. got this. And it's like, sure, okay, I'll take that. Well, I, 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 what, what all of this has in common is that external pressure versus an internal pressure, mm-hmm. right? So, you know, you control the internal pressure for yourself, ultimately. Uh, so how you ratchet that up is up to you. And, and I think that's, that's kind of there in the key. Because if you focus on the result, ultimately, instead of the process, you will never get the result. You focus on the process, you're going to get that result. You know, I, I, I just know that to be the case in the things that I do. And I remember, you know, I called you, James, after, after a conversation with somebody. And, <laughs> and it's the wording specifically that made it so hilarious, right? And I, I don't think the wording was an accident. I think it was like, you know, so the wording was, Hey, Phil, but like, what if you, you know, what if you write all the books that you want to write and you make all the movies that you've written, but like, you've never made it. I'm like, define it. Because in your made up scenario, I've written all the books and made all the movies that I've wanted to make. So what am I making? Right. You just, you, what, what that tells me is you value the external validation, you know? And, and in terms of, you know, I mean, the, the thing of it all, right, we're getting to a crux of it. And th- I think this is worthwhile to spend the last 10 minutes on is this idea that this pressure of like, yes, everybody, you'd be insane to, to meet somebody that doesn't say like, yes, I want to make money off of my art. And that's what I would love to do. Right. Unless it's like a pure hobby and you just enjoy it, then nothing wrong with that. But anyone who really wants to be a content creator, like that's, that's the goal. But at the same time, I don't, you know, from my experience, I don't know how to like, get there from starting position to that famous ultra rich position. And sure, yes, we can look at uh, people in the TikTok space or other spaces that like have made that leap, but it's generally not a thing. It's a journey and you have to get there. Um, I, you know, so I'm black and I'm not rich. I don't have hobbies. I don't know what, 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 what is that? I don't know what a hobby is. I don't have hobbies. You have hobbies. Your hobbies. You, have hobbies. you have plenty of you have, you have hobbies. You have money and stuff. You have money. Don't you, have, you don't you not garden? I mean, that's that's, that's my house. It's, that, that that's that's <laughs> <laughs> a hobby. <laughs> uh, you know, I love gardening. I mean, but, but you know, but you know what I mean. It's like not, everything that I do is I don't have the time to be like, I this is my hobby. Like everything I do does. I want to do something. I mean, it's it's part of my career at this point. I mean, that's kind of the thing. I mean, Fowl's kind of right <laughs> that the gardening is kind of a hobby. But you know, what I mean, I don't have the I don't have the luxury. I don't have the luxury of hobbies. I just I'm like, you know, I live in Los Angeles and I own a house and I have things. I mean, I got I'm getting older. I'm trying to make money for my later years, and I'm trying. So everything I do, there's no hobby. Everything I do is because I want to because I want to do it, and it's for hopefully money and financial gain on some level. Um, but so I don't know. I'm just, I mean, I, like, well, I would I define I would define hobby as something you do for fun. And even if it, yes, in the end, the purpose is that it rejuvenates you so you can go back to that. I, you know, I don't see it as different. And just, you know, it could be something that you do like daily with gardening or like 
I don't know, once every year, you know, it's that, that is my broad, broad definition. of. Hobbies. I know. I know. I hear people say they, I know people say they have hobbies. I, I've gone on vacation two years of the COVID and everything. I mean, I don't have nothing fun going on. I mean, it's, it's all just work. And if I enjoy it, I enjoy everything I'm doing. Um, but in my garden at some point, because now everything's starting to bloom and I got, I got harvest coming up and all that stuff. It's like, it's even work for doing that too. Shit, it's like, it's not, I mean, I'm out there trying to water 10,000 plants and grapes are coming in. And so, I mean, that's, that's not a hobby anymore either. That's just, that's just work also. Everything's work. It's all work, you guys. Jeez. Yeah, but it's fun. It's fun. Cheese and crackers, James. Crackers. Uh, like, it's, it's, it's kind of, it's kind of. See my grandkids. Like, I mean, I mean, I, I, you know, that's kind of, that's kind of, that's not really a hobby. Like, it's not really a hobby. It's my family. Um, but hanging out with them, it's kind of a fun. They I don't see them that often either. So I'm like, I don't, I don't see no, I don't do nothing. Just work. But okay, so so getting back to the core question, like the idea of like, yeah, the um, the idea that the incessant kind of thing that we're fed like just be rich and famous like that's the goal go you know and if god forbid you don't do it within a year like you're a failure and that's where like the this external pressure comes in yes as a person as a person who's gone viral this year and last year not with covid and not with covid COVID. you had to go viral viral with covid (laughs) Uh, or only fans no, I, I went viral other ways, um, and yeah, no, we haven't done that. Um, no, but as a, I tell, I tell the flub when he thinks I'm crazy. But I've told him this: it's weird when you're fame when you become famous for something. It's very strange. It's not what you think at all. Like it's not. It's completely. It's com- It's a strange place to be when you're recognized on the street for something you did at some point. Um, and from my case, one of the things I did in February for eight seconds and then suddenly I'm still getting known for that. It's we it's weird. And they think they know you or they think they 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 want you to be a certain way because of it. Um, they expect things out of you. So the whole notion of being rich and famous, I don't want to be famous. I just, I just want to be rich. No, no, I just want I just I just want enough money to like live and be able to live the rest of my life and keep doing this until I drop dead. That's kind of I, that's what I've learned from this. I'm like the famous thing, it's very weird. Very weird. Yeah. How do you, um, Flobo, how do you approach it? Uh, I feel like when it comes to uh, old key performance indicators of success, riches, famous, how happy you are, relationships, it's very easy to move the chains. It's very easy to be like, well, I guess I'm making 95,000. I want 200. I'm making 200. I want a million. Or, hey, look, I have 40,000 Instagram followers. I want more. I want more. So I always say if anyone's on that path, write down what they think is success and keep that handy. Because I'm pretty sure that if you keep on your path, you'll probably hit that. I saw my old high school yearbook and it, it, you know, they asked questions like, hey, what do you want to do when you grow up? And my, my thing was, and I kid you not, it's so, it's, I, I laugh at it because how low bar it was. It says, I want to be a video producer. I produced 10 videos today. Like, <laughs> it's not, <laughs> what does that even mean? I am successful. 17-year-old me is already, is already happy because I peaked. You know, but if someone asks me, are you successful? I go, I I don't know if I am. So, so, yeah, some money's great. Some fame is great, but it can't be the only thing. It can't. Here's funny. When I was 17 years old, there was a thing as a video producer. So I can't even even inspire that. I want to produce these stone tablets. (laughs) You guys ever see the meme of, uh, like, imagine Michelangelo waking up with his, like, stone tablet and shit. Today I'm gonna to make some content and he's chiseling like <laughs> that was my life, kid. That was my life. Hey was, guys, typewriters. Um, so, absolutely, yeah. No, and I, yeah, I, I think you're absolutely like you know you. I think there's a reassessment of things of what you want, and I think part of it is there needs to be a specificity, right? You, someone can say like, 
you know, uh, James, I really got to make more money this year. Good. And he, you know, James hands him a dollar and it's like, all right, here's more money. It's like, you know, that's not what I meant. Well, like you literally said, you want to make more money. I gave you a dollar. Now you made more money. Like that was the problem. Right. And I think, and I, that, that is the problem because there is no specificity. And, you know, even like, you know, you really, I like to pin down people and be like, okay, so you want to be rich and famous. How much money do you think you need? Oh, I just, you know, like if I have like 10 million, you know, maybe 20 million, I'm like, okay, what are you using it for? And I'm not like judging them, right? Like, fine, have your 10, 20 million, but it's like, what, what is that actually going towards? Right, right. How much is a mortgage? Like, what kind of house do you want? Like, what kind of cars you got? What, what are your monthly payments? Really get specific of what your ideal lifestyle is actually costing you versus I just need to make $10 million, you know? So I, I, like, to, I like to get specific. You are very specific. Um, Phil, but I, but I agree with you, but I'm not, I do agree with you with that. It's like, it's like, like I said, for me, I keep saying I'll make enough money to survive retirement. If I retire or saw enough that I can live just the rest of my life, because I own a home, be able to just continue to have it and be able to get food and whatever else and buy a hooker. I don't know. I'm going to do it when I'm older, whatever I have to do later on in life. Just, I want enough money to spend money on things. That's exactly. Or buy a weird video game, some pinball machine or something. I would have money, just enough money for that kind of stuff. Um, not so much. I want there's no there's no dollar amounts. There's no I don't crazy. There's no dollar. There's no dollar amount. There's just no. I mean, you you're right. You both said it earlier. There's no dollar amount. But I want enough money to spend on myself to have some fun. If I need to have some fun, when I get old. I'm be old. I'm like, what's going on? Shit. Yeah. Absolutely. He's in a hooker and a pinball machine. <laughs> yeah, hey, my, my, my future. Who knows? I don't know what's going on like that. Listen, listen, combine the two and you got a fun night. Exactly. Oh, yeah. That's what I'm thinking. It's a pizza. I'm good to go. I'm like, I'm good to go, folks. We're good. They'll play some pinball, then someone else will get pinned. Okay. Lobo <laughs> <laughs> loves it. Um, awesome. Well, uh, any final advice, you know, as, as we consider like, practical self-help so people you know like instead of thinking it in these woo-woo nebulous type things like what's if you had to deduce it down you know what you know what, you know what i always say just do it i know it's like a nike ad but i tell my all my friends will tell i always say do it sounds great do it so i do that do it i'm just like just i mean literally it sounds so simplistic right phil but it's completely it's a powerful two words or three words okay i can't count three words um, to say to somebody, because that is what is here. Here's your permission. Just do it because you'll sit there forever and talk it to death or live in your head or, or, or talk yourself out of it. If you have an idea, the world, I would say the world needs to see it. They need to hear it. They need to feel it. They need your contribution. And I'm going to say something because two thirds of us are of color. If you're a person, if you're a content or creative person of color, the world deserves to hear or see or feel what you have inside. It's your responsibility to get it out there so that other people of color and people of, and people not of color get a chance to see and experience what it is you're creating. I think we don't have the luxury not to do that, especially today. So that's, that's my, my words. Bravo. Flobo. It's, uh, well, two things. One I always do for my own stuff is make your hometown proud. Uh, and two, it, it comes down to society. You know, everyone, usually fear gets lumped into that. You know, society says this is not right. Society says I shouldn't do this. I should be getting a good job. I should be doing that. Realize that you're a part of society too, right? So even though you may have that fear or trepidation, like sneaking out of your house after curfew to do something cool and nefarious, there's a reason why that excites you. And that's why you should go for it. So you are a part of society. Go for it. Don't forget what society says. 
So what I heard, books and hookers? And pinball yeah. machines. Yeah. Pinball machines. Okay. That's exactly that. That's, that's, that's the I, message I got out of it. Hey, that's that's, that's going to be me at 85, I'm sure. Okay. You know, let's check it. Let's, we'll. Uh, check it at 85, see what I'm yeah. doing. Yeah. Can we put it on the calendar um, now or uh, you, you want me to check it next week? <laughs> I don't know what year I'm gonna tell you what year that is. I'm like that's like 2050 or something. I don't even know what year that is. But yes, I was like <laughs> on the calendar. <laughs> yes, I'm amazing. 285. Yes. Well, uh, we can look forward to that. Speaking of other things to look forward to, go ahead, put yourself over as they say in the wrestling world, or promote yourself as they say in the other other arenas. That's true, Daddy. No, <laughs> you can follow me on Twitter at Boys or on Instagram at Flobito. Learn all about the shows and projects I'm working on by hitting on my website, newamsterdam.com. That's K-N-E-W-Amsterdam.com. And the book is Graduation Day. That's true. Graduation Day, my first ever memoir nonfiction available now at Amazon. Second edition's out. Bigger print. Just got my author's copy today. It's over 200 pages. You can actually read it now. It's amazing. Does it come with page numbers? No, is that the third edition. No page numbers. Get over yourself. <laughs> I'd try to highlight some stuff and then I'd be telling people about it. And, and you know, they're like, what they page is it on? Does the Bible have page numbers? <laughs> it, it actually does. Yes, it has. Damn it. <laughs> Foil my logic. But no one ever says, go to page this. They <laughs> no, they this. don't. They don't say that. They say, go to scripture. <laughs> right. Yes, but, they, but, but, well, but, but uh, regardless, there's an organized way to find. You're right. I mean, I'm, just, I'm, just, I'm on both sides. I'm just on both sides. You're right. There are no, there's pages, numbers, but they're on his side. <laughs> Thank you. James. Oh, my turn now. Yeah. Hi, you can follow me uh, on JLJ Media, which is my online network. If you've not followed me, please go over there and subscribe. Be kind, rewind. Go over there and see I have over 35 shows from Star Wars and Soaps and everything in between. We're also on every auto streaming service platform you can think of. Also, I have JLJ Media, the music division. If you go anywhere for music, I have a song out called Esperanza. It's in Spanish. It's out now. Flo and I have a song together called Fun in the Club. Uh, it's out right now, too. I just looked at our numbers. They're pretty good. Nice. Uh, it's the it's the unofficial official sequel to his alone in the club that I wrote. Uh, for. Unofficial, official. Yeah. unofficial. I just I just wrote it. I didn't get your permission or anything. Uh, so it's out now. You can check it out. It's out. Me and Flubba. It's it's, it's a big and I have a big song with him on my album too. That's another story. Uh, all my books are on Amazon. I have fifty books, fifty of them, all on. Just go James Live Junior on Amazon, and I have five new books coming out within the next month and a half. So that's gonna be. We're just we're cranking them out. I have audio dramas. Um, the latest ones are Peppermint Winter starring Flobo and Tammy Govea. That's out now. Started yesterday, so it's out now. Go ahead, check that out. And Amore, which started today, starring Cesar Espino. And it's a great story about matchmaking in Los Angeles. So both those are out anywhere you find your podcasts or audio dramas. And lastly, Flobo's favorite thing. Wow. You can find me where all James Lott Jr. is sold at James Lott Jr. on all social media platforms, including TikTok, where I'm a star. And I got that from Alexis Torres. I took that seven years ago from Alexis Torres. She let me have it. So that's why I say it. Even though Flo says I'm always sold out. Yeah, you're always sold out. I tried. Yeah. <laughs> you're, you're, you're like that helpful uh, librarian that, that, you know, the kid that comes in for a research paper. They're like, I need some, uh, I need some, I need some books and materials for this paper. And you just like gave him all these books. Here's your re- reading material, kid. Here for you. All for you. That's right. All for you. Awesome. Well, uh, you guys know you guys know me. I'm at Phil Speedtech, all that fun stuff. Anyway, thank you so much. We appreciate you. Leave us a comment. Leave us your thoughts. We threw out a lot, but um, you know, process it and let's consider it. You know, it's it, it's it's not meant just a dialogue between us. 
but the greater us, you. Yes, you that are listening right now. Thank you so much.